0: Let's get ready to rumble!
1: Hello and welcome to Netflix vs Cinema, the podcast that is finally getting to the end, seeing out the year 2020. My name is Tosin, I am your host and I am based in the Midlands, eh, somewhere near Birmingham in a small town called Bromsgrove in a lo- in the lovely, lovely safe safe embrace of Tier 3. Joining me on the Isle of Wight, as usual, who, that, a place that has done a crazy, crazy jump from Tier 1 <laughs> to Tier 4, <laughs> just out of... In a week. <laughs> in a week. Out of, <laughs> yeah, is Sharon. Hello. Yeah, and somebody who managed to escape the Isle of Wight, because he, did, he couldn't stand that horror, that... that you know, you just you just couldn't stand the Tier 1, couldn't you? You couldn't stand the Tier 1, so you decided to go to somewhere else that has ended up in Tier 4, has been exactly the same as the Isle of Wight. Isn't that right, Sean? That's exactly right, Toad, and that's exactly right, yeah. Yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, so you're you're joining us from Bournemouth this week. Indeed. Yeah, and and so in the UK, in the last week or so, I mean, I don't know, I've lost track of all time, in the last week or so, they have revised where everybody is, what levels different people are to do with coronavirus restrictions. And um, let's see if you were in tier ones or two, cinemas could remain open if you were in a tier three or anything higher than that, cinemas had to be shut. So um, we, th- the upshot of that is that this week on the show, Netflix was a cinema, we actually have films to talk about that we seen, that we saw in the cinema. And I think Sean and I might get in there, watch a film before everything properly got shut. So so now that's, I think, pretty much the entire country, you can't go to cinemas anymore. But before we get onto that, this has been a mental year. Usually when we come up to this, we talk about, oh, you know, what was your favorite thing about this year? What was your crazy? And the fact is that this this year has been so all over the place that Mm. I really cannot remember anything. So so what I was (laughs) thinking... Oh, sorry, sorry, I can't even remember.
0: Yeah, no, I can't even remember what day it is. I get all mixed up with the days, and then I'm I think. I mean, I was like, "Well, what day is it today? It's only Tuesday, and it? now it's Wednesday." Oh, right. Okay, you know, it's just yeah, it's mad.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely crazy. So we are recording this on New Year's Eve. We have, as we speak, we have about six hours of 2020 left. Six hours, and then 2020 is off, and then 2021. We'll see what craziness you have in store for us, uh, and. And I was thinking, I was just thinking, like, film-wise, when you guys look back on 2020, what do you think? What will you think? What will you remember this year about film-wise?
2: Everything being postponed. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I remember...
2: Anticipation (laughs) and then postponement.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember Bloodshot. It was just me, and I took Jennifer, the Chinese assistant, to see, I think, I remember that. And then watching that, well, something I wouldn't do is I went and watched Bill and Ted. So I remember those two. And um, I can't even remember when they were, you
1: know.
2: But, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, Sharon, you, you were saying postponements. you remember the postponements?
2: Yes, I remember what I was anticipating seeing and then I didn't see it. Um, because <laughs> where we had, my birthday was the beginning of the year, just like yours was tosing. So yes. I remember I had a lot going on early on in the year. So that was like jam packed. And I went to quite a lot then. I remember seeing Emma, which I thought was a very good Jane Austen mm. adaptation. It was Little women, in the year.
0: Little women, yeah. Little was Women.
2: That was out. Came? That was just. I think that was Christmas time into the new year because I think I saw that. That was the crossover film last year.
1: Yeah, that yeah. sort of
2: starts in one year and then carries on into the other. Yeah, I guess released uh, in America yes, it,
1: before before uh, the end of December because of the awards run. So yeah.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I did see Little Women and so they were quite a good start. And David Copperfield, I think, was at the early part of the year um, or was at the end of last. Anyway, there's like these sort of crossover films. So they were quite good. And then when we had the cinemas sort of reopened again, but with social distancing, I managed to get a few in. So I did get to see Tenant. Oh, yeah, Tenant, yeah, yeah. Tenant,
1: yeah. Yes, Tenant, yeah.
2: And the, the, which was the biggest film, I think, of the summer. And then I also had the opportunity to see some of the ones I probably wouldn't have seen like Saint Maud, I probably wouldn't have seen that. But where we had, like, such slim pickings, I mean, that was on the cinema for much longer than it probably would normally have been. It's probably one of those films that would have been maybe on a smaller screen for a week and then disappeared, but it's on, like, the big screen for, you know, a month. So I got to see that. And Proxima, uh, there's a few I saw in the uh, Pinocchio I quite enjoyed. So, yeah, I did see some in that gap when we had cinemas here. Yeah. So there's some, there were some good films in there. Um, obviously, it slightly would have gone under the radar, I think, in previous years. But yeah. because of the way things were, you know, they have their own.
1: I'll tell you what, I am really, really intrigued. I am so intrigued to find out what's going to happen when it comes to the Oscars, because they're still doing mm. the Oscars next year. And I'm thinking, what are you going to... I know they came up with some weird rule, but at the same time, I'm thinking... There have not been that many films released between last Oscars and this Oscars, so we're going to see some. We uh, I think we, we well we're going to see some weird results, and I think we might actually see some deserving results because mm. sort of like the yeah, sort of won't big, be the big hitters. Oh yeah, the big the big hitters, the big ones that like you know are released, and you can see that they're released purely purely to so as Oscar bait. Those films we're not really getting, so it's it's quite it's quite funny because i I'm looking back on this year and i'm I'm just kind of like this has just been a it's been a it's been a weird year and it's it's a year i think if i th- when I think back on this film i think it would on this on this year it will eh, even though it do feels like a film so sort of like when I look back yeah. on, I look back this year i think for me one one of the things I'm going to remember is realizing why cinemas are needed or mm. re- realizing mm. The difference because i know when we started up this podcast the love thing was like you know oh is cinema dying oh will tv take over it's so much more convenient you don't have to find a time and all and there are all these things that we're looking at going oh these are all the reasons why netflix is yeah, it looks like they might win this this thing but i think this year has sort of like has shown to me there is you no know, cinema has a place and cinema is yep. still kind of like the premier level of film viewing viewing stuff and uh yeah and i think that's that's what i'm going to i'm going to remember from from this year because i i remember when when cinemas first stopped um when we couldn't go and i pretty much just stopped watching stuff i stopped watching stuff There were there yeah they they were there's podcasts and there's like you know movie, movie podcast that I usually listen to and I stopped listening to them because I'm like, what are you gonna talk about? You have nothing to talk about. There's no films going be released. <laughs> there's no films being released. So there's even times I like, I know we didn't do this podcast for like a month. A part of that was me thinking, We don't have anything to talk about. What we're gonna be talking about <laughs> It's like there's no cinema. What are we gonna do? And it's and I think this year has sort of like just showed to me the the height the of of why you need cinema because i went to see the first film i think we're going to talk about is the one in cinemas the only one in cinemas that i think sean and i watched which is wonder woman's 1984 and i went to watch that at my uh at the my new local cinema which is a view i haven't been in a view in years and and they of you have this advert with John boyega who obviously most people know from the Star Wars movies as Finn from the new Star Wars movies, yeah. and they have this, and here's this thing where he's talking about it, and he's talking about all the fact of, yeah, this is where you want to be, you want to be seeing something on a huge screen, you don't want to be watching it like this, and then they have like you know a shot of somebody looking on a phone you don't want be watching it like this someone on a computer, you don't mm-hmm. want to be watching it with any distractions they have and it's a really really well made ad and I was actually getting a bit emotional as this thing was going. I was like, yeah, yeah. You want to watch it on a big screen. You want to be watching the cinema. You want to be <laughs> in the cinema. Uh, and so, but in between, I had at in, in a short period of time, probably in about five minutes, I had like, oh my God, yeah, you're in a cinema. This is great. This is where way you want to be. And then I also had the, oh my God, I remember what the problem with cinema is. Number one, other people. Because, mm. because I went to the cinema as I was walking to the cinema. It was in a shopping center and, I just kept seeing people without masks on. There were people mm. just sort of walking around without masks. There was a couple who yeah. were going to the cinema who who going to the lift with me without a mask on. And I feel like, and obviously I am projecting what I thought was going on. But for me, it was kind of like, we're in a date. No, a mask is going to cramp my style. I'm not going to wear a mask. So they didn't wear masks. Mm-hmm. They worked up into the foyer of the cinema. In the, cinema, in the foyer of the cinema, there were people without masks. And then in the cinema, there were people who, I guess, were using the excuse that oh, I'm eating. Therefore, I can't wear a mask. But weren't wearing masks at all. And I was just so sat here going, oh... Because we're in, we were in Tier 2, which meant cinemas could stay open. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, we're not going to be in Tier 2 that much longer. <laughs> we're, no. We are not going... If people are being this blasé and being this cavalier about it, we are not going to be in Tier 2 for much longer. And... Yeah, and then there, there were people there who are oh, also people... Did the whole thing of uh, not watching the film, and then somebody came, moved from his seat wherever he was, to come sit right beside another group of people, which I'm like, well, that is a social distancing. Yeah. No, no social distancing, no masks, and then they like talking loudly while the film was going on, and I'm just kind of oh. like, oh. Ugh. <laughs> I was, <Ow. laughs> I, I was, um,
0: I was, I was really, I was really lucky because I was looking online and it said, I mean, the, the Cine World at Paul is shut, but I looked at the Odeon one. And it said we will honour um, any Sydney World Unlimited or any Sydney World card holders will get in at half price. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought, oh, that's good then. And also, it was the iSense, Sense, which I think is Odeon's equivalent of IMAX. So um, it, it was a huge, 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 massive cinema. Yeah. There were a few people there, but it was just big enough that you could have have loads of space. But no, you, you know, with me, I even went. I even I was looking because, like the middle ones, right smack bang in the middle, obviously taken. And um, but I managed to. So I mean, I was really lucky, and I had my mask on. But there were people that didn't have their masks on, yeah. and I actually yeah. heard there was. And it was miles away. Isn't it funny when the when the thing started, I could hear somebody eating crisps. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's another that's another thing. There, there was a few, very very few people in there. Yeah. But um I tell you, when when the thing started up like you were saying about and it's one because of course the, the sound was, was yeah. fantastic and yeah and it, it got to the trailers and honestly guys i was starting to my tears were yeah I was, thinking, <laughs> I was thinking man i have missed this yeah i was really 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 super sweet but i was i was i was welling up with the yeah boom, 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 boom. i know when that music but that sort of you know with the yeah yeah. welcome no. to cinema and, yeah. And
1: I thought, mate, yeah, I've missed this. Yeah, yeah so sure, well. sure, I totally agree with you. I was, I was the same. I was just sitting here going, oh, you know what? This is, this is, this is awesome. This, 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 yeah, this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This I is... mean,
0: the, the adverts for the trailers were like, I mean, normally you moan about the adverts, but it was like, oh, man, it's great. <laughs>
2: it's big.
0: It's big.
2: Oh, my it's word. It's big
0: and it's noisy.
1: How cool is that? Look at the size of that eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so so yes 2020 2020 and uh a crazy crazy year it's affected everything has affected cinema which we love and um uh, we don't know what's going to happen in 2021 we don't i know Some so people seem to think oh we've got a vaccine now therefore we can do whatever the heck we want i think that there's still there's still a way to go there's still a way to go
2: yeah, yeah my I mom had her you. first vaccine
1: jab Oh. Um, Oh,
2: she was great. one of the first to get it on the island so well within the first day or so there's quite a, there's three of the ladies in my church have had the first jab, so mum had hers and um yes yeah, so it's it started to roll out quite rapidly across the island
1: yeah yeah well, so who
2: knows who knows what the next step will be
1: who who knows but, who yeah
2: knows. So, so so but i was thinking it's like we've had our millennium bug. It's just 20 years late. <laughs> yeah, 20
1: years late for the millennium bug. It's That's exactly actually right. true. That's actually yeah, true. true. Yeah. That's like, actually yeah, true. I think, I think, oh my word, the millennium bug could not have caused this much disruption. I, don't think, yeah. I do not think Well, could. I
2: was thinking, because it's a, the New Year's Eve today, and I was thinking it reminded me of the millennium Eve, because I, I was working all throughout those millennium bank holidays because of the, my nature of the job then. And I remember going to the supermarket on millennium Eve and it was empty and i went to the supermarket tonight to do my little bit of shopping and it was was empty there was like half a dozen other people in there and it just reminded me of that walking around this empty supermarket mm-hmm. bit before the millennium because everyone was thinking oh no this is all going to kick off which is why i had to work every bank holiday yeah. and it, and it did but now I'm thinking we did get our Millennium Bug. It's just yeah, <laughs> just twenty years late. <laughs> twenty years
1: late. Right. So shall we talk about some films? Talk about some things that we have seen in the uh, and uh, we've mentioned it. We've mentioned it, and I think that that's probably about the only place that we can start, uh, which is the mm, yes. the big. I think Sharon, you mentioned Tenet earlier, and the the longer yeah. the year goes on, the more the more I feel. Um, Thankful to Christopher Nolan. Whatever you think about his films or not, the more I feel thankful to Christopher Nolan for actually having the having the I'll say having the balls to release that film in a year like this. And the more I'm like, yeah, well done, good on you, Christopher Nolan. They actually did that. And I think I feel the same thing about Warner Brothers and Patty Jenkins for releasing Wonder Woman because it was the film to see this Christmas. It was the that they were like, yeah, we don't care, we're releasing it. There's a window, we're releasing it. And I'm really, really happy that I did this. So this is Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, the sequel to Wonder Woman, um, which was released three years ago. And um I think it's a film that has largely been disregarded. That's as in Wonder Woman was largely regarded as for like the only good thing in the DC extended universe for, for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is this is this is the film. That justifies the existence of the DC extended universe. They've done some other ones that in their way work. I mean Aquaman was quite good, but Wonder Woman was it. So Wonder Woman coming back and doing but this time having it being set in nineteen eighty four. And I think Sean, like, you know, you were saying about being emotional, about being in the cinema and watching this film. Mm. It was almost kind of like, oh, we don't care what this film is. It's in the cinema. We're going gonna... <laughs> to... It's great. It's brilliant. It's on the screen in the cinema. It's great. So the storyline is that it's not 1984. We all know how... Um, uh, We know Wonder Woman Diana Prince is pretty much immortal. And so she hasn't aged that much. She's been around since the First World War. She's not. It's now 1984. And it's all about... Um, but the setting of the film, it seems like the director Patty Jenkins has quite a lot that she wants to say. It, like she wants to say because of the whole capitalism thing, about the whole "what I want is what I want" or worth more than what everybody else wants, and all that. And I think the character of Wonder Woman is a very, very good character to look at to look at these sort of issues through the lens of. So, um, I mean, I think uh, I thought the film w- went on quite well. I thought it was. Uh, I thought at the beginning, the beginning of it, the way it sort of kicks off and the sort of heart of the film and the the lack of cynicism, I think, from the film. It, it reminded me a lot of the first two Superman movies with Christopher, Christopher Reeve. And it made me think, man, I just wish Patty Jenkins was in charge of the whole DC thing because, <laughs> like, because I think some of the other DC films that we have have been directed and have been made have been written by people who do not understand the superheroes. And I think Patty Jenkins understands wonder woman a lot and she doesn't think that the idea of fighting for good is cheesy or <laughs> anything like that She thinks she's just like no wonder woman stands for these things and and does quite well but anyway enough of me prattling sean what did you think of the film
0: okay well yeah i mean i have to agree it was lovely to see it was it was um yeah i, I mean i the, i thought it was a really really good film and i enjoyed it Mm-hmm. I did have a few few issues with it at the end, yep, you know, yep. I, could, I mean, I could do a whole, like, I could probably do about seven minutes spoilers about the stupidness of the plot
2: towards
1: <laughs> the end,
0: but I think the film, I still enjoyed the film, so that didn't detract from my enjoyment, but, and, and I, I didn't get too angry, I didn't get too much on my horse, because it was, it, there was a lot of action, it was quite fun and all that, but I thought, well, yeah. oh, that's bloody stupid. You know what I mean, and that, I mean that did so. It did send the old alarm bells ringing, and I figure, I figure, the last half an hour, twenty minutes of the film was just like, well, I can sort of, I can't. It's, it's only go. If you can say, I don't want to put spoilers, but it's only going one way. What about all the other people that would be? Do, do, do you understand where I'm coming from?
1: I, I think I understand where you're coming do, from. You yeah. know
0: what I mean? Let's say like, you know, oh, I don't know. Let's have, let's. So, so there would be a contradiction in terms. You know what I mean? It sort of would. Because there's as many people that, shall we say, are, you know, not particularly nice, but there's loads and loads of nice people as well that would be thinking nice things. So, you know, and that I thought... You know, it just um, that that to me it just didn't. But I still enjoyed the film. I still enjoyed the film.
1: Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you can you understand my I, I my, understand. Yeah.
1: haven't seen it. I understand what you mean. Anybody who's seen it <laughs> and listening to this will understand what Sharon is talking about. And obviously, because Sharon, you haven't seen it, and we are doing our very no. best to not spoil this for you. That's oh, why spoil, it. <laughs> Let's spoil it for you. But okay, a big part of the plot of this film, because and I think it's something to do with Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman essentially lives in the realms of the gods. So, so in the first one, there was a lot of stuff where she was trying to find Ares, the god of war. And so, in this one, there is this whole thing about, um, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like a wishing stone. And about, uh, you have Pedro Pascal playing a character called Maxwell Lord is like this big 1980s capitalist guy he has adverts on tv he tells people to invest in his business because he's going to go find oil and he's like ah oh. he has some catchphrase which is like you know you can have anything you want if you want it hard enough or something like that like you know very 80s think gordon gecko in wall <laughs> <Yeah>. street <laughs> he's very it's very capitalist very 80s and it's and he uh, i don't think it's essentially let's put it this way he finds this ancient artifact which he which he finds a way of using to turn himself pretty much into a genie (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, uh, but but he uses it for his own and it's all about and then the film becomes a lot about greed and it becomes a lot about greed and how in the 80s greed kind of took off and and then i and using the whole so it becomes a moral fable and using the whole sort of superheroes, gods, all to examine what is the natural outworking of people's greed. So people just sort of say, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Mm-hmm. Where does the world end up? And mm-hmm. and so so what Sean Sean, what you're talking about, it, it does I, I I agree with you that the last half hour of the film you kinda start going, Ooh and mm-hmm. it, it's it's when you read a comic book, there's sometimes when you read a you read a comic book and then you might read a title and there's times when it's actually it goes along quite logically and then there's some bits where they go for some big out there ideas that they just throw at you in the comics and the last half hour of the film goes big and it goes out there and it goes, yeah. Whoa,
0: what but, but. But to me, this it's, and I mean, it's come back. We've had this conversation countless times. Is that in the Marvel universe, little things are thought about. Whereas, that's why I was saying, like, uh, with with the with the story, with the screenplay of the last half hour, I don't think it was really given some thought. I understand why it was coming from, and I understand that. But I just like, yeah, you know, that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll say okay. And
0: I didn't like. I must. I must say, I didn't like. Um, what's what's the guy's name? What's what was it? Pedro Pascal. Yeah. I didn't I didn't think he was particularly he 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 plays
1: the 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 role I mean I think I read somewhere someone says he plays the character very broadly so there's nothing subtle about that character whatsoever (laughs) there's nothing subtle about it it's very and essentially let me put it this way when they were making this film you can so so see that Patty Jenkins had Trump on her mind so, yeah 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 Yeah, i agree you, you totally, can totally yeah, yeah. see that she had trump on her mind and there's so many things in this film that are essentially going yeah you're watching there you're going yeah that's trump yeah yeah that's trump yeah yeah that's trump. Yeah, yeah yeah that's trump oh we have a businessman who's a television personality who ends up in the oval office and ends up standing in front of a white house thing telling the whole world that they can have whatever they want if they just want it mm-hmm. hard enough. you're like yeah 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 that's trump <laughs> 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 and, and it's so you can see that she has stuff on her mind and t- there's a bit where towards the end it might get a little bit preachy it might it it get a little bit preachy which I can see could rub some people off the wrong way but I can see what they were trying to do but I made my notes I said opening scene the opening scene it, it kicks off on Themyscira mm. which is where the Amazons live and yeah. it just makes you I don't know about you Sean but I was like man I don't like it when they try and make all these sort of spin-offs and all that kind of stuff but I really want to see more of the Amazons yeah. on Themyscira, I want to. See- I mean, it's
0: not. Yeah, I agree. It, t- it totally set you up, didn't it? It was. Yeah. I mean, it totally set you up. I thought, like, "Wow, this is this is." Um, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was great.
1: That, was, that was probably that op- was probably the best bit of the film. Yeah, the opening scene scene of the film is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think, and it, some of the things that I thought were really brilliant about it is number one. Getting to see an action sequence. An action sequence that is built and it's just all women. All yeah. women in it. I thought that was awesome. And not only that, but it's 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 centered around the young Dinah Prince, which means that it's no it's a young girl is the is at the heart of this massive big action sequence and it is awesome. it's so opening <laughs> sequence. Opening sequence, yeah. I absolutely loved it. And if I, I think they've made rumors that they want to make more more stuff on Temiskara, and I would be there for it. Patty Jenkins has stuff to say it's a moral fable. The film is too long. The film is about yeah. two and a half hours yeah. long. And I would say yeah, yeah, yeah. it is as Sean said, it's probably about half an hour too long. I love Steve. So f- somehow they bring Steve Trevor. That's Chris. Pine, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, they bring him back from the first film, which and everybody knows it's not a spoiler to say the dude <laughs> dies. The dude dies in the first film. So how is he back? Oh, they 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 figure out a way around. They bring him back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the 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 dynamic between him and Wonder Woman, I love the dynamic between him and Wonder Woman because the number of times when you have a you have an action sequence. Where in the foreground you have her being all flawless and oh look her she's amazing and in the background you can see him being all laboured and trying to fight with one guy and science yeah. he's taking out seven people he's he's managed to take one guy out and I actually I actually really really like that thing. oh uh, with a uh, Kirsten Wig you haven't said anything about Kirsten Wig, and no yeah, and Kirsten, I- Kirsten Wig who plays the character of uh, Minerva Barbara Minerva who becomes the cheater and. She, I, I didn't like this bit of it because I felt that it's it's been very very often done in superhero films, especially where you have mm-hmm. a character that starts off as a dork and ends up like you know as kind of like you know ooh, evil yeah. person. So it's it's from this. It's from the same book as Jamie Foxx's Electro in Amazing Spider Man Two, which where he's like, Oh, he starts off like oh yeah. If he wears yeah. glasses and if he has his hair somewhere, and if and if he's like, you know, in brackets uncool, then oh yeah, you know that that's and I'm like I don't like that. I've had enough of that. And Kirsten Wig is essentially the same thing where she starts off nobody yeah. nobody pays any attention to her because she wears glasses, because she's doggy, because she wears sensible shoes, and um and she ends up being this sort of like and out I, as much as I yeah, do, I, I do I, not I, like that trope, I do not like it. No, no. I must admit that bit
0: in it. I mean, I really like Kirsten Wig. I've I've, I've liked her in most films she's done. Yeah. Um. And but no, I totally agree with you, Tosin. And as Wait, the, I think she's,
1: I think she's brilliant in this. I think she plays both sides, and the transformation is, she, mm. she is she's really believable. She's way better than Jamie Foxx was. I mean, I'll, yeah, put, yeah, I'll yeah. put her closer yeah. to like the Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. Michelle Pfeiffer going from Selena Kyle to Catwoman. And that's sort of transformation—it's yeah. very believable. I just do not like the trope. Oh, sorry, sorry, Sean. No,
0: that's okay. That's cool. No, you're exactly right. I agree with you on that. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. But I wish, and uh, I was yeah, the, the, there hadn't been the transformation as well. I wish, I wish she maybe would have stayed with the powers, but without the transformation. But I think that's in the trailers anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's,
1: yeah. So, yeah. The, the final transformation. I mean, it's okay, everybody knows she she plays a character called Cheetah. The, there is a massive cheat to make her into the cheater.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. If, if
1: you pardon the pun, there's a massive cheat to yeah. turn into the cheater, and I'm like, for goodness sake, please. Yeah, th- yeah, th- yeah. There's two words. There's two words that she said. Like, even though she was saying them in the film, I was like, don't say those words. Don't say don't those say words. Those word. And then she was like, <laughs> I want to be her. <laughs> uh, and then she said, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. No. Oh my goodness me. there we go. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Th- 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 there's two words to do that, and um, there is let me put it this way wonder woman has a vehicle she is famous for having a particular vehicle in the comics and that vehicle shows up in the film anyone who's read and there is a bit of a cheat to make that vehicle show up in the film it's it's nice it's cool and for people who know Wonder woman the comics it's it's kind of cool but it that it's a bit of a cheat and uh the final thing i had to say was that patty jenkins has obviously seen and loves Superman 1 and 2. So I'm talking about the Christopher Reeves Superman 1 and 2. Yeah, 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 Because there's a load of bits in this film where I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a Superman 1, that's a Superman 2. <laughs> she, she obviously loves that it's almost kind of like uh It's a, like, a homage. It's Yeah, it's, it's a total homage. Oh, and there's a cameo. There is a cameo in the film that people of a certain age will love. Will absolutely yeah. love. Some other people will not understand what the heck's going on. But there's a cameo in the film where I was like, oh! that i like that so okay all in all um i think we've blathered on about wonder woman 1984 for too long but the hey it's the only thing in cinema we're talking about so 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 let us and um i i think i would give it a three out of five i really really enjoyed it i did think it was too long i see what they're trying to say with um with the sort of moral fable thing but there's some bits where you're like really you're doing it that well that might be a bit cheesy I feel like it just about stays on the right side of cheese, just about. So I would <laughs> yeah. give it a three out of five. I say,
0: yeah, and I, I would totally agree with you on that one. I'd have to give it a three out of five. It was entertaining enough. I was pleased to be back in the cinema, um, and yeah, it was 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 good. Agree with you. Half an hour too long, and the ending was like, you know, that. I, as I say, I could do I could do seven minutes, seven and a half minutes on on. <laughs> on one of my rants on that in fact i probably will well, like i said i got rants that i should just give to you toes and... yeah you
1: should start recording it. <laughs> yeah, sean's yeah. rants a, a special think. a special sort of like you know side podcast of sean's rants <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay, okay cool okay so so that's us 305 sharon you have ca- you have sat down quietly yeah, and patiently watching two <laughs> old men rant so- <laughs> <laughs> So, so, uh, so we will open up the floor to you. And we've done a cinema. We've done the only thing in cinema this week. Tell us, take us to one of the things you saw this week that you would like to talk about on at home.
2: Well, um, shall I match it with a film that I've seen? Then, uh, okay. so I saw the big, What well, one of the bigger releases over Christmas on Netflix, which is the George Clooney film. Ah, yes,
1: it... Midnight Sky.
2: The Midnight Sky. Yeah. Uh, so I, I sat and watched that on one of my quieter days, and what, so the basic story is there has been some kind of apocalyptic event on the planet, uh, on Earth, and majority of humanity has died. And there, are, there's a few pockets of clean air. There's something's happened with the air quality, and people just can't. It's become toxic, mm. and there are some pockets of clean air, and they are in the poles. Um, in the, the Antarctic and the Arctic Circle, and in some remote sort of weather stations, and there are plans to sort of try to evacuate people from Earth. And this is set in the year 2145, so it's in the future. And parallel to this story of uh, like this apocalyptic event, an extinction-level event on on Earth, there has been a space mission has been sent to one of the moons. I think it's of Jupiter. I was just trying to think. It's gone out of my head. Which they believe is is habitable. It's it's got a close enough proximity to Jupiter to have its own gravity. It's shielded from the sun. It's got anyway. Basically, they believe that it is it is habitable for human life. And so there is this. There was a mission was sent there to just basically to check it out. Yeah. And so whilst they are unaware, the people who've gone on this mission are unaware that there has been this event on earth and so you have these two stories running parallel to each other you have one of these areas that was evacuated and was a weather research station in the arctic and george clooney is one of the the scientists there and he basically predicted many years ago that that the you know the world is not heading into a good place and that they need to start making plans to do things about it yeah. so he's like the inspiration behind um some of this deep space exploration and so, and he decides that he's terminally ill with kidney failure and other things that he was going to stay behind and man this research center for as long as he possibly can. Yeah. And if necessary, be one of the last people left on earth. And so he decides to stay. And all the time he's there, he he continues to sort of work and monitor and other things. And they have very powerful sort of, transmitters and receivers. And this Jupiter Space Mission has been trying to contact Earth for a long time, and they're not getting any response from any of the space stations. They've tried NASA, they've tried the European Space, they've tried China, Russia, and they're not getting any response. And the only person who's actually responded to any of their calls is this deep space weather station. And they finally get in contact, and he explains to them what the situation is. And they then have to make a decision as to whether they continue back to Earth or whether they turn around basically and then head back to jupiter and hope that some of the other sort of shuttles and things that have launched to try to get there um will get there with them but it's something like a four-year journey (laughs) yeah yeah and to get there Uh, so it's the odds of the humanity survival is you know is stacked against them then there are other subplots and lots of other subplots but basically that's the thing about it you know it's like it's the end of the world as we know it yeah uh and direct, starring. <laughs> yes. And it's a sort of starring and directing George George Clooney. It reminded me in some ways of his take on Solaris.
0: Solaris. I was gonna mention that. we we must have a tune. We must be attuned there, yeah, you know, this, Sharon, because I was gonna say had,
2: Solaris. It has that feel about it, it's sort of underplayed. Even the dramatic and there are there's drama and there's highs and lows and dramatic events, even those that are played out, they're That in that sort of slightly understated, underplayed. All the drama is underplayed. There's no sort of like histrionics or that big emotive scenes where everyone's sort of like hysterical and crying. There isn't any of that. Everyone is pulled in, pulled back. Yeah, quiet. Just like Solaris was. So if you want your big science fiction, then this is not it. But it's more like that Ad Astra, that Solaris, that those sort of self-contained, controlled sort of dramas. Uh.
1: Yeah, I get Um, you.
2: That wants you to think about what's going on. I don't know if it's as deep as it thinks it is. A bit like Solaris, (laughs) but (laughs) it certainly it wants to provoke you to think. You know, where are we? Who are we? What are we doing here? Yeah, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: And what would we do in those given those circumstances?
1: All right. Yeah, because
2: there's there's a number of subplots that are interesting and that you that again are revealed at the end and there's sometimes you don't know what's real and what's not. Um, But there's, yeah, there's, there's drama and elements of surprise to it.
1: Well, yeah, well, we all know that George Clooney is, he's an activist and he has this whole thing. I know Sean, I think we've spoken about it before in the past where he seems to do, was it you or was it my brother? I was talking to He seems to do, I'll do one big, big sort of blockbustery thing because then I'll get the money, then I'll go away and I'll do, make something interesting.
0: Make Um, something for, but yeah, I mean, he's done that a lot. I mean, you know, good morning, good night, and uh, um, you know, like, uh, oh, I don't know, the, just he's done some really, really good political, political yep, stuff. Yeah, Syriana. He did. Si- yeah, Syriana. That's the one I was trying to think. Of. I was going to say something else, and I was going to kind of think of Munich, but that's what I meant. Yeah. Siriana so Syriana. Oh, Michael yeah. Clayton. He
2: did good night and good luck, didn't he?
0: Yeah, good night and good luck yeah that yeah. was yeah. that was class he but I, like you say also I think with those um, when he did those coffee adverts I I figure that was just probably to get some money in or, <laughs> or,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. a but like, like Andy Hopkins I don't so, know if you might not remember this do you remember the Andy Hopkins advert where he goes and my yeah. salary big yeah he yeah was that was Barclay Barclay's card. Yeah. yeah it was took a yeah. Barclay's
1: yeah. bag and it's and yeah. it's like oh I know oh, uh, George Clooney with his like Nespresso what else Nespresso. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs>
2: He's working with Netflix to make this one and you get the feeling that he's done that deal because they have that freedom. I think we've seen hmm. that, haven't we? It works better in some cases than others, we've yes, said. Yes. That if you give a director a lot of artistic freedom, then they seem to go nuts. But <laughs> you get the feeling that he has made what he wanted to make. This what is his vision making. that has yeah. come. Very, it's
0: he's very thoughtful. I think he's very, very he thoughtful. He is, know? and he, he, I mean,
1: he campaigns a lot about the uh, climate change and all that.
0: I always remember, I know this is going off on one of my tangents, but um, John Lydon, he did the... Everybody said, oh, he sold out, he sold out, and he did, like, the Country Life Butter, Butter, Butter. or something. Yeah, yeah, Butter Adverts. And and I saw an interview, and he said, yes, I did that, but I needed some money because I wanted to do... I had most musical project, and I had no money, basically. So I did that. They gave me a whole bunch that he could do stuff, you know, a musical project. Oh, no,
1: that's the Sex, Pistol, Sex Pistols, Six Johnny Rotten Pistols, guy. Yeah, Johnny Rotten, Johnny Yeah, Rotten.
2: Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. But there's a good supporting cast in this as well. So, obviously... George Clooney is front and centre, but he's an older, slightly grizzled George Clooney, big grey beard and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of, obviously not looking his, you know, silver fox best. Um, <laughs> nah. And then you've got, on the on the spaceship, you've got David Ayala as oh, his yeah? captain, you've got Felicity Jones, who's like one of the science officers, you've got Carl Chandler as one of the people in the mission, oh. then another two crewmates who I don't know. So there's an interesting mix of Supporting actors, and then you've got a few thrown in there, but mainly most of the cast it is basically the th- three or four people that you focus on, and then people sort of in- come in and out of that. There, there, the sort of sphere of those sort of people, so, but the main principles of these sort of two worlds.
1: So, so, um, all in all, if you're going to rate it, what would you give it?
2: I would probably go high with this one because it's sort of like, it's a sort of science fiction that I do like. I do like the sort of Poppy, bangy, splashy science fiction, but I also do like the ones that they use it as a as a means of telling a, a different story. Um, so I quite like those ones where it's like a parable almost. And yeah. so I would give it a four.
1: Oh, give it a four! Give it a four! So did did you you compared it to Ad Astra? Did you like Ad Astra?
2: Yes, I did.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did too. Yeah, because that was the kind of We'd film. That, yeah, because that was the kind of film that I could look at and I could say I can see why some people would hate this film.
2: Yeah, yeah yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, and
2: interstellar like, in a similar way. That, yes, sort of science fiction yeah. that it's, it's what we used to say when we described parables it's like it entertains at the front door while the truth slips in the window. And so, it's one of those films where you think, yes, it's entertaining at the front door, and then it wants the truth to, to slip in around the side.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, I, like, I like that, I like that saying a lot. <laughs> right, Sean. Sean, we will go to you. Sean, do you want to pick something from the other things you saw at home this week?
0: Yeah, I've seen a few things. I mean, I, I mean, I could go through, through the whole lot. Cause I'm going to probably catch up with some more, but um, we could talk about the terror, I suppose. Okay, the terror. Cool. Yeah. Netflix. Okay, this was a series, ten episodes, and it's basically there was this expedition to find the Northwest Passage, and it's these two ships. Oh,
2: this is Kieran Hines, is it?
0: Yeah. yeah, That's it. That's the one. And,
2: um, and is it Franklin
0: Franklin yeah Franklin expedition where they they, they go across the, they want to find a Northwest Passage across sort of the, the Arctic um, and it starts off it's, it's these two ships one called the Terra one called the, the Herberus and these two ships and basically one of them sort of gets caught on an iceberg so it gets a bit stuck and has to be prepared and the captain of the Terror says well why don't I take all your crew and I'll go on then? but the captain that's in charge the one on the Urbus says, no, we've we, we managed to get through. So anyway, but they get stuck in. So they get stuck in. They get frozen in. They can't get out. They try all different ways to, to try and get out of the ice. And then uh, they find this, they accidentally shoot this this Eskimo, this Shaman. The one of them, asks, they think it's a polar bear, so they shoot him. And they try to save him and his daughter's with him, the Shaman's daughter, who's, who's an Eskimo. And um, they find all these like charms on him and he's got no tongue but they can't save him. And he said, she says, the, 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 the daughter says, I've got to take care of the, what's called the uh, What's it called? It's, it's called something anyway, That like there's some sort of creature.
1: Oh yeah. Anyway, they,
0: they say, don't worry about it. And they sort of chuck this old man, the, the shaman down an ice hole. And then the beast comes, the beast comes and, and sort of causes a bit of havoc. And they wonder what the hell it is. So, and in all this, all this confusion, the, 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 the daughter escapes anyway cut along so what you've got you've got these two ships that are stuck in the ice and there's been this this incident that has happened so they go on a little bit of a hunting party and again they 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 get sort of attacked and then and and it just goes like this for a while and then the the captain that's in charge of the 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 one in the Herberus, he he gets killed by this sort of creature this creature was there and then and there's a lot of interaction with the crews there and they decide that they're going to try and send out patrols. So they, so they load up the, the, the lifeboats with, so, this is over the series, by the way, this isn't one I'm getting sort of, this is how it moves. moves yeah. yeah, sort of yeah it moves
1: by. obviously. Yeah. So uh, can I just ask a question? Is this, is this one of sure. those um, shows where it's kind of based on true? So you know how yeah. have, you have like a true life thing and they'll say this thing actually happened. These people went off somewhere. And when they went off somewhere, uh, we're never, we're not sure what happened, so someone now writes a piece of friction that sort of fills in the blanks yeah. and says, "Ooh, yeah. he ever knows These people disappeared they were They were gone yeah. by the Wendigo or something like that
0: that's it exactly right, yeah, because th- this was an expedition that that no one you know no, nobody ever it's found funny. and they did find apparently the thing is after watching one of these, you do some research don't they yeah and when they did they did try and find these these wrecks, and they actually found a couple of bones where there were some knife marks where so obviously they, they, they they had uh, you know to, to, for food and that because the tins get all lead poisoning so yeah so, but as it moves on anyway so then and then there's a, there's a little bit of a mutiny and you get the two groups so you've got two groups and in the end they decided to totally abandon the ships and they go off their separate rays and you know there's bits in between um, so I think there's a few flashbacks as well to times when you know like in London they're talking about the expedition they're talking about the expedition Um my feelings on the whole of this is, I thought it was brilliantly acted. Yeah. I thought there was. It reminded me of the cast from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just thinking. I reckon they've just taken you guys from Game of Thrones and thrown you in this. <laughs> so that you know, that was that was my thoughts. Um, and I have to say, I think the acting was first class. Absolutely first class. It's not particularly. I wouldn't call it horror. It's not particularly horror. Maybe a thriller. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know
1: what you mean. So, well, I know what
0: you mean. And <laughs> yeah, and I really, really, I thought this was was first class. I mean, I know it's a few years old now, and when I normally I can, if I watch like the first episode, I watch the first episode. I thought this is really, really interesting, and it's again that's one thing I was thinking of. The authenticity just feels so right, and when they when they've got the bodies, I noticed that when the bodies are sort of lied on the ice there and they've actually got the brogues on the proper brogues the proper shoes the square bits across <laughs> that and i thought
2: someone has totally
0: totally totally absolutely done their research on this the vessels are right the clothes are right everything everything about it smacked of authenticity it was absolutely brilliant as i say acting first class um yeah a, a really really top show and i wouldn't have really thought much about it i, I thought i oh, watched the first episode this is probably not going to be that good This is probably not going to be that good and I just got got sort of drawn in, and ended up um, ended up watching it. I think I think Sharon would. I think you'd like this, Sharon. I do really I really have, think you like
2: that. I I'm aware of it. I haven't seen it, but I'm aware of it because there's a series of books about it as well that you can that, that
0: Yeah, I think this is see. probably based on a story. Okay. But um,
1: yeah. uh, all, all right, I'll, I'll tell you what. Right, I'll tell you what, Sean. If 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 I ever or if anybody, <laughs> if if I ever. Or if anybody comes and asks me, like, you know, like a filmmaking world or anything like that, saying, I want to do something a bit, period. I want to make sure I get it right. There's two people who I'm going to be. Oh, you need to go speak to this person because he's going to be the person sat in the cinema going, what the? How very dare you? That person has the wrong fingernail on. They they didn't have that nail polish in 1952. <laughs> and There's two people. And number one, it's you. It's you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, super fan Nina. Super fan yeah. name. Yeah. Her husband, Will, is the second person because the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the detail oriented people who would be like, no, 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 no. If you're going to do it, get it right. <laughs> you could... that's it. So, yeah. So, okay. So, how many stars did you give The Terror? Because I think that's the first four. season.
0: Four star. Okay. Four star.
1: Four stars for The Terror yeah, season one. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. And as I say, I, I actually recommend this to Sharon. I, yeah. I, I, I'm, always, I'm always a bit. Like nervous about recommending things to Sharon because I know, but I th- I think you'd like this. I think this would be right up your street. Because I say, it's not horror. It's not horror.
2: I don't you know, we'll dislike go. horror.
0: No, no, but it's. <laughs> I
2: it's have watched horror. the odd um, you know, schlock but yeah, I, I, know. I tend yeah. to. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. so okay,
2: but,
0: go, yeah, go, so going from
1: something, going from something that you do not dislike, um, Sharon, to something that we know you do dislike. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, actually, I have two things I could speak about. There's two other things I've seen that I could speak about. One of them I know you definitely do dislike. It is the new Pixar movie. So, <laughs> I know, I know, you can't see it, but Sharon has just done an. I'm melting, melting. <laughs> she's just just don't like you know she's recoiled she's recoiled like that um and the other thing is the mandalorian which is and i think i think i'll actually go with the mandalorian which is on disney plus these are two things i saw on disney plus the mandalorian is the big star wars tv show that they have i know that sean um before the first lockdown hit you said one of the last things you saw in cinema was the first two episodes of the mandalorian that were shown on like a preview screening Preview screen yeah no, previous screen right, yeah. and i remember that at the time when you saw the first two episodes of that you said uh, and i was because obviously i was still in my whole railing against the rise of skywalker and talking about how i was done with star wars <laughs> and, and all that and, and i remember asking you something along the lines i was like oh do you think it do you think it's well?" you were like oh so much better so much better than the rise of skywalker and i was like yeah but that's only two episodes of like an eight episode season wait and i i remember i decided to start watching it because we finally got disney plus on the tv and i was like okay let me let me just let me see what this is all about because i'd seen a couple of storylines or headlines that were talking about the Mandalorian. So I knew something big was happening and eventually it was going to become a spoiler for me if I waited long enough. So I decided to start watching it. And I have to admit, I watched the first five minutes of the first episode and I was like, oh wow, this is already better than The Rise of Skywalker in the first five minutes. (laughs) I was like, the first five minutes, it's like, it's cohesive, it it holds together, it draws you in, you're you're intrigued, you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen next? And I was like, and I remember a friend of mine, he he's based in the States, he's based in California, Simon Edward Spartan. And S- Simon, he put up what he put up on, uh, on Facebook, he was like, Oh, why couldn't this be the sequel trilogy? <laughs> like the, it's like and after a bit, The Mandalorian is something that I was done with Star Wars. I was ready, like anything that they said Star Wars wise, I was ready to be like, don't care, not interested. Go away. Just not interested. And the Mandalorian has gotten me interested again. I have to admit, mm-hmm. it, it has gotten me interested again. Because have you seen both? Have you been seeing both? I've both seen series? both seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah course, I've, course. I've seen both seasons. I've seen I've seen season one and season two now. <laughs> I, I've seen both. It has gotten me interested again because I think it is the focus on character. It is the focus on the world, and I like it. I, I love the fact that I, th- I think I love the show when the show is focusing on things that we haven't already seen. In, in the Star Wars universe, when it's not talking about the if if the if the words jedi skywalker death Star <laughs> if they don't show up, I am really really happy with the show because it's actually exploring the universe and it 's exploring what else could be done in this star wars thing and it's not this annoying thing the way you have a whole universe, but everybody knows everybody and everybody's linked to everybody everybody's somebody's daughter and everybody is it's none of that rubbish and I love the i love although the fact that the show is set five years after the re- the return of the jedi means that you do know luke skywalker's out there somewhere han solo's out there somewhere princess Leia's out there somewhere you know these things are there but i love it when they don't focus on those things i love it when they're just mm. going off on the chip they're showing you what more could be done in this world and i think there is a thing called even if you haven't watched the show i'm sure sharon you haven't seen the show but you have heard. no
2: i haven't
1: seen it you must have heard of baby yoda
2: oh yeah i've seen and heard of baby yoda
1: <laughs> yeah you must have heard of baby yoda you, 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 i mean the fact that the the show was released in america like three months before was released in in the uk and you could not move because people was talking about baby yoda so that and i think you can see all. is it the-
2: actually yoda or is it just a it's the same species as yoda
1: it's set five years after the five years after the Return of the yeah. Jedi, which means Yoda's Yoda's dead because Yoda dies in Return of the Jedi. He's, 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 yeah.
0: he's oh, actually okay. got he's actually got a name. He's
1: actually got a name. Yeah, he's he's got a name in the season too, but we don't want to we don't want to spoil that. No, 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 no. Yeah, no. we'll let somebody else on the internet spoil that for for Sharon. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let someone else on the internet spoil it for Sharon, and it's um oh, so and. Yeah, you know, and it becomes that you can see all these different influences, all these different Western influences that come into the Mm -hmm. show. You can see all the sort of like different, because obviously Akira Kurosawa in Japan was a major influence on George Lucas for the first Star Wars movies. And you can Mm -hmm. see influences from Japanese cinema that come into like the whole, the central thing of the Mandalorian walking along with, with Baby Yoda, that's Lone Wolf and Cub. If you ever yeah. seen like yeah, it's low and so you could you, that one that one particular episode is pretty much a remake of Seven Samurai. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 it's actually when you know when, yeah, no it, it is it's
0: um you're right you're right it's yeah yeah so yeah it's definitely influenced by that. But what's interesting, each episode's done by different directors, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, each episode's done by a different director. Yeah. And it's and okay. uh, and it's a varied group of directors as well, which which yeah. I think it's but I think John Favreau, who is the one who created the show and he's in charge of the whole thing, uh, uh, he's someone who I think I really, really rate him. I mean I really yeah, rate him there, there are some things that he does where it's kind of like like for instance, when they, when he did Lion King, the Lion King remake, I think that was more of a technical exercise to see whether they had the technology to do something than it was actually telling a story. But every now and then when he sort of drills into the story it's like this guy i i'm i'm here for it there's bits in season two where they start doing the bits that i don't like which is where they start trying to link it a bit more to the star wars story that we already know and mm. there's two characters there's two characters let's put, in the final episode of the season yeah, yeah, yeah. The final episode oh, yeah. of season there's this big moment that if in if like on, <laughs> online people are going go oh my god the final episode of season two and mm-hmm. and and I saw all these headlines before I watched it and I was like I think I know what's going to happen here <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. I think I know what's going to happen oh, here yeah. and I and I Please don't have think... a
2: conversation yeah with someone um just before Christmas I met up with our friend Kevin who's a, a he knew him from our, our film quiz days Yeah, yeah, yeah and he was saying oh I he was sent to me oh you need to watch Mandalorian he said especially there's one scene he said that brought a tear to my eye <laughs> <And> I think <laughs> it's uh, the scene that you're talking about he said yeah I said I genuinely just teared up <laughs> at, at that point and I don't know what he was talking about I've got an idea because I've seen a post that I don't think I was supposed to see but I saw it and I was like Oh, I wonder if that's the moment that, that Kevin was talking about. Yeah. But he said, yeah, it genuinely, said it genuinely, he was welling up Just, at that moment. So that probably is that moment that you're, you're, talk, you're referring to. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. I wasn't welling up. If, that, <laughs> <laughs> if that's the moment, I wasn't yeah. welling up. So, yeah, I know, it was a bit, it was a bit
0: uh, yeah. Convenient. No, I'm, 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 I'm with you, yeah. A conven- you know, when when things are convenient, you know what I mean? Yeah. It could have been been done slightly different. But did you say, But you want about that? Did you see the post-credit scene of the last episode?
1: Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Yeah. yeah. So I, saw, I,
0: I wonder where that's going
1: to go. Yeah, I, I wonder where it's going to go. And I saw the post-credit scene, which involved another one of those characters that they brought yeah. back, and I was like, why? <laughs> yeah.
0: Why would you do that? I know what you mean. I know what you mean.
1: I was, I was like, I was like, you had, you had built up such good credit with me. You had, I was loving this whole thing, and then you had to go make the world smaller again. Why is the world so small? No, and so I'd say, I, I, I really, really love the show when you're going yeah. off into sort of areas that we haven't seen before, where you're going away, you're not being beholden to slavishly follow something that we've already seen in the Star Wars universe, which is one of the big, big problems I had with the Rise of Skywalker and uh, yeah yeah and I, I think it's brilliant i'll give it a four out of five we'll Definitely see what... i would I, I think the first i agree with you I, I think the first
0: series was better than the second series they're both good but i think they're the first series was like you say there wasn't although this stuff was going on i i know what you're talking about the convenience of the second series you know
1: yeah what did you
0: think what did you think of the super series what did you think of the super super trooper
1: like things oh, oh the dark troopers
0: the, the dark troopers that's
1: it that's the one that i was trying to think of <laughs> the, yeah, the, dark troopers, the dark troopers the dark troopers yeah uh, i i i I, thought it was i thought it was good uh because i think the thing is there's things that they've done in the mandalorian that yeah. there's questions they've had about the star wars universe like the stormtroopers they're rubbish aren't they and there's some bits where there's some bits there's some bits in the show where they they directly address how rubbish the stormtroopers are it's like like there's there's one character there's one character that they they go oh yeah yeah he used to be part of the empire and they go whoa were you a stormtrooper he's like don't you dare call me a (laughs) (laughs) stormtrooper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was like, Don't yeah. you dare call me a stone <laughs> and it's so I, I mean there there is bits. I think I think the the um I think story wise, I like the first season because it doesn't go it doesn't go close to what we already know. Yeah and um but I feel like the second season is a bit more confident. Like, because yeah. it, 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 like there's a, there's a bit more points to where it's going, because the first season was like, it was almost kind of like an anthology. Every episode is like a different thing. It's like, oh, and this week he gets into this script, and this week he gets into that script. And it's it seems to just follow this thing where he wants some information. He's trying to find some information. The person's like, ah, I have the information you want, but before I can give you the information, you must go do this thing for me. Then he goes That's into true. another script that nearly ends his life. <laughs> but i i really do like the i like the world building they're doing in the mandalorian i like the background they're giving you on the mandalorians on mandalore on all these different places on what what happened in the fallout after the return of the jedi where it's like you think yeah we have destroyed the empire yeah everything is happy It's like no um who's in charge now oh crap <laughs> yeah yeah and, 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 I, and I do I, I like all that stuff so i think i think that the show does really really well i would give it a four out of five yeah i agree four out of five okay so sharon you got one more thing to tell us
2: well um i've got two that i've seen so i don't know which one you want me to do there's um yeah, it's
1: the end of the year what are we gonna do you can do them both <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'll do them both, but I'll abbreviate them both then. And um, the first one then, as it's sort of in that sort of world, I'll go with Raised by Wolves, Ooh. which is a science fiction uh, drama that's been on Sky, and that has suddenly been, all of the episodes have been uploaded, so you can binge watch it as a box set. And it is about a, again, as there, as there's been, the world has been, it's set in the future, we don't know when, but hundreds of years in the future. Uh, the world has been riven by religious wars, there 's a new world religion called the cult of Mithras, um, which is an old Roman um, religion um, where it 's all about the sun and about the power of the light and there's lots of imagery in it that um, if you know about mithras it sort of would, would be would resonate a little bit but anyway there's Mithras, the Mithrathians and then there's the atheists so basically if you 're not part of mithras you 're an atheist and these two combatants have been fighting it out and basically been destroying each other to the point almost of the end of humanity and they have built these arcs where what's left of humanity so much so you know balancer galactica has been sent off into the universe to find habitable planets and one little pod of has been sent out which has got two androids on it they're sort of like cyborg androids so they're like humanoid but with these heightened abilities yeah they have been sent out with some human embryos and they have landed on this planet, and they are. Their task is to be the mother and father of humanity, and so they are just called mother and father. And then they have all these these children, and so they they gestate this. My mother basically is her body is like linked up to these little pods, and she basically helps to gestate these little these little embryos. Yeah, and sort of raise these children, and. Whilst they're on this planet, they're raising these children, um, some of the people from the Mithras cult have, have arrived and then there's this, this conflict. Yeah. And then there you get, you see, as a season, there's eight episodes, as a season progresses, you, you flash back and forward between these, the battles, where they are now, what's real, what's not real, who's good, who's bad. And then your perception is like turned on its head. Basically, every other episode. Some people you think, oh, they're obviously the bad guy and they're quite evil. And then the next episode, they do something and you think, okay, so they're not the bad guy then and they're not evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the bad guy and he's evil. And then it's like, okay, no, so he's the good guy. And then, and so your perception is constantly changing and your understanding of the world and your understanding of the past and people's places in it is constantly being reevaluated and changing. Yeah. So I. Can't really give you a lot away because it's you are on off balance nearly all the way through it.
1: Yeah, Ooh. yeah.
2: Um, but it's interesting, and then because you've got this sort of religious theme running through it, there each of their cultures has like prophecies about. Um, there's a prophecy about where the humanity is going to go. There's going to be a leader who's going to be an orphan child who is going to change the world. And then you you get introduced to a character, and you go, oh, that's obviously the, who the the prophecy's about and then someone else is introduced and then they fit the bill as well. And it's like oh well maybe they. Yeah. Are the level or the and then there's not, and so there's three potential people and then everything gets twisted around again so you're constantly off kilter with it. Um so again it's one of those int- it's, it's science fiction but it's with a twist. So it's it's interesting and it it kept me going for the whole eight episodes. All right. But you can't really describe it in a way that would be coherent because either in some ways it's not <laughs> always <laughs> yeah uh, i've I've, I've heard
1: that about it i've heard that about it and um just before i ask you how much we could uh what you would rate it because um the basic premise of it made me think of i am mother which was um something that sean Mm. and i saw on on netflix yeah yeah, about essentially an android raising a kid because humanity has done blah 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 and so whenever i see something that reminds me of something else i always kind of go I'll leave that for a while before I watch it, so that I'm not just being totally judgmental and comparing it all the time. But uh, so, yeah. but but but, what do you think? Because I'm guessing "Raised by Wolves," so I'm guessing that that's that's a reference to Romulus and Remus from was yes, it Roman myth? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yes. Yeah, so yes. So there has nods towards antiquity in some of the stories and some of the things, hmm. and. You're never quite sure what what is going on, really. Uh, but I did enjoy it. I'll definitely give it a high three. I don't think it goes as far as a four, because there are elements of it I'm thinking, oh, I just haven't got the thing. And I didn't really want to give it that much attention to work it out, if yeah, that Yeah, I
1: hear you. I hear sense. you. Yeah.
2: Because sometimes you think I could probably could unravel all this if I paid a lot of attention. But I just want to watch it, you know, and, and eat you know the the non creams out of the quality street, basically. So <laughs> uh, for a mid. For those tweeny days between Christmas and New Year, it was fine. But if you want to give it a lot of attention, you could probably get more out of it. So I'd give it a high three, but it wouldn't quite go into the fall for me. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. And so,
2: quickly moving on then yeah. from that, unless you've got any questions about Rose by Wolves.
1: Nope, no, don't carry on. I'll oh. quickly
2: whiz through the next one. This is completely sort of out there, and I think we have reviewed today, and that's a drama called At Bridgerton. Ah. And it's a Regency set. Um, sort of romantic drama, based on a series of romantic novels by a novelist called Julia Quinn and it's, the, and it's they're all of the eight novels are about the eight Bridgerton children and the first novel is based on a book called The Duke and I and it's the story of Daphne Bridgerton and Simon Hastings the Duke that's a, of the title. And so it's Regency set but it's a basically not the Regency as we would know it it's a Regency in a I would say the way the the film has been done, the television drama has been done, is that it's like an alternative history. Because in this history, um, a king at some point in the past has married a black woman and she is, there's a black queen. And because of that influence, they have ennobled a lot of people from very different ethnic backgrounds and from different cultures. And so you have a multi racial, multi ethnic, multicultural. Society. I like it and already. So the is Duke like, Hastings yeah. is, you know, is 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 black. It, is Is it like uh,
0: been, sorry, go on. Yeah, I'll carry on, champ. Sorry, man,
2: So then you have some of the Lady Danbury, who's like his his, his um his godmother is of, of obviously of of Africa. Descent, but you don't know quite when. But she was a noble, and so she's a a, a noble woman yeah. uh, in her own right and have her own influence. The queen is black in this, and so she has her own influence. Um, and so it's set within what's supposed to be the regency period, but then obviously it, it's not. And um, because you you do have various but like, various different sort of ethnic and cultural references. Yeah. So if you want historical drama, this isn't it. But it is a romantic <laughs> fantasy. <laughs>
0: I was, I was just going to say, is it is it a bit like um, I imagine? I mean, I'm just I'm going look. I've sort of just had a look at it like that. Reminds me of one of those ones like like Pride and Prejudice or Sense and Sensibility, but with a bit of a quirk on it.
2: It, it, it's for the quirk and the, and the sort of the the four factor is ramped up to 11.
0: <laughs> oh, oh Sharon.
2: Sharon. As in the novels, you know, as in, in Jane Austen, if you look at that sort of Regency novel, it's about manners. It's about dress. It's about class. It's about um, gender politics. It's, there's layers to that. Jane Austen, people think of her as being like a romantic novelist. She's not. She's, she's razor she's... sharp in her observations.
1: It's a satire, yeah.
2: And it's, it's, and it's full of satire and often characters of drawn are caricatures of, of you know the worst aspects of society so you've got that and then you've got sort of like romantic fiction which basically likes the dresses it likes the empire lines because it's a bit sexy and it likes the men in their tight breeches and their boots because that's a bit sexy and so yeah. they go you know what we're going to make this you know bridget jones but we're going to set it in the the 18 the teens okay. and that's exactly what they've done so it's all a bit racy and the novels are basically um very racy i mean i've read a couple of them because but it was they got to the point where i'm thinking oh, i just i don't think i could leave this without um <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I
0: can't do this without. brilliant yeah
2: yes yeah. So, yep. yeah, so, so it's if you like your romantic fiction to be you know um with the four factor ramped up, the gray um, factor. and you like to see, you know, your buttocks and your nipples, then this is the film for you because <laughs> it's got all of the it in there. And she just great. It's just great. <laughs> uh, So yes, if you like to admire the, the male and female form, then yeah, get fill your boots. Uh, totally so unshockable,
0: it, Sharon. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: Great. Yeah. And so there's some interesting twist to it because You do think about sort of racial politics and you do think about some of the gender politics. Mm. There's a very controversial scene in this which was lifted from the book about who basically you know about sexual consent, yeah, but done in a way, um, in a way that you think it looks like it's part of the sort of romantic drama, but actually, when you unpeel the layers, there's actually quite a serious question there. Yeah. But on the whole, it is the life. To end of sort of that, that historical romantic fiction but in my teenage years we used to call them bodice rippers yeah yeah, yeah bodice rippers. <sighs> and now i think now it's got the nickname i'm sort of lady it's
1: it's bodice yeah. rippers they'll be like it, it was regency period they didn't have tv so all they could do was have sex so, I said, yes, wherever, whenever, and whenever. Yeah, yeah, under the yes, yeah. So, so uh, okay. So, Bridgette, yeah, you, you said a lot so of Bridgerton. things that, that that made me wonder about. It. Like, I was like, this looks like a sort of pseudo Jane Austen kind of thing. Uh, so, how many stars would you give it?
2: I would give it a three. My, um, I, I know I've seen sort of fan fiction about it already, and I've seen these fan videos on YouTube have been appearing. So it's obviously adored within a certain demographic so yes. if it's in your demographic I'd say you'd probably love it and I know people do love it because it's I like my Jane Aust- my Jane Austen at the the lady end rather than the lady porn end so I would say <laughs> for me it's not quite my cup of tea it's entertaining and if you just you know it's like like it's got a, a shapely well turned ankle you know here and there uh, so there's something to to, to admire in some aspects of it yeah. um, but in other aspects it's sort of a bit wincy and so I would probably say yeah I'll give it a three yep. because for my, for my personal taste
1: okay okay I, I think you might be you might be chasing Sean and I to go watch it just so we can yeah. sit. <laughs> just, just so we can sit down and be like oh so Sharon how about this bit how about that bit but, but I think that that is intriguing that is very intriguing okay so Sure, let's get back to you. Let's get back to you. And I think uh you have one more thing to talk about and series four of Gotham. Series four. Th- thought yeah, series Ooh. four. Almost changed, series four
2: changed.
0: <laughs> series four. Yeah, I mean <laughs> Gotham, I really the first two series of Gotham I really, really, really got into. I thought it was really, really good. Season three, it didn't quite cram me the same. perhaps I should go revisit. Um but anyway, I started what because I thought, what am I going to watch? What am I going to watch? I thought, oh, Gotham. Gotham, because that's Netflix. I thought, oh, Gotham. I watched the series four, and it got me right back into it. It got me okay, right back good. into it. And, I, and I'm halfway through the, the last season now. But yeah, it really, really got me back into it. I thought, um, not, not every episode, but m- nearly all the episodes I really, really enjoy. And I think with the character development, I think, for me, I mean, the Penguin. The Penguin is just... Just absolutely, absolutely classed, and and I really love the way it goes. As I say, there a couple of issues maybe. There was a couple of episodes that went a little bit funny, but um, you've got all the traits, and and something's happened, um, uh, which which, yeah you, yeah I can't really. The trouble is I can't yeah. say any too much without giving spoilers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I really really can't give spoilers because a lot there's a lot of a lot of things happen, a lot of things changes, a lot of a lot of the characters develop.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. So. Okay. Okay. I know you can't say much, but I've, I've got questions to ask about Gotham. Now, this is a show that I haven't, um, I haven't watched. Mainly, I think because it's in the Batman universe. So we know it's in the Batman universe, but it's set before Batman became Batman. So you kind of know that at some point in the future of this world, Batman's going to show up. So, and for me, the, my, the problem I have with certain shows in those sort of areas is that it kind of determines some things for you before yeah like there, there's there's like a limit to how you, you're gonna like for instance, if Batman is in this world, the penguin there's no jeopardy he's not gonna die Joker if he shows him he's not going to die all these different characters oh okay oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no spoilers no spoilers this
0: this takes place this takes place in a totally different forget all your forget all your nolan movies forget anything else. this is a totally totally different universe totally totally so so, so it, not... it
1: ignores all the canon it ignores, it ignores
0: all... all the canon yeah it ignores all the canon of, okay and it, and it totally goes and and how the, the characters develop um but yeah that's interesting i can't really say too much without that without giving away spoilers but that's a really really interesting take and they're not allowed to call the joker the joker i didn't realize that until i did something so they they have to call him uh, what they call him? The Smiler. Call- no, they call him Jerome. <laughs> Jerome he's called, or Mr. J still, but, you know, and and in this series, now you've got like your your Harley Quinn sort of, or, or, or I assume she's going to be like a character, like a Harley Quinn character. Harley Quinzel. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you don't really know the background story to her. She's just like a an But accompl- They don't say that's who she is, but obviously that's, that's yeah. who she's supposed to be. And you've got your Poison Ivy and you've got your Riddler and you've got your the penguin and a few other characters coming in Razel go the scarecrow so they're all there and i mean I, i'm looking forward to finishing the series 5 because well i, I don't know so is it's it a bit but it like becomes, often becomes should we say it becomes isolated and then you get these no go areas you get these oh, okay, haven yeah. areas. and yeah. jim gordon is yeah he's he's you can't call him a paragon of virtue i mean he's <laughs> he's totally um he's totally uh um, yeah, Jim. He's got um, yeah, he's got super morals, but sometimes he has to, you know, uh, look things over or or do. So it's not it's it's, it's not sort of black and white. Mm. Um, Alfred's like a really, uh, you know, he's like an old S A S man who sort of yeah, should we say with Bruce and Catwoman. You can see the, I mean, so the, the basic story is there, like the relationship between. Batman or Bruce Wayne and Catwoman because yep. they're roughly about the same age. Yeah. And although one's she, she's not like horrible, now she's just like a little bit of a cat thief and that, but she, you know. Yeah. So you've got that plot going on, and then the end of series thought four is 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 really really good, and you think, oh no, oh no. So as I say, I'm halfway through season five now, but I think it's great. I, I it's just totally totally drawing right. me back in again. So okay, cool. So yeah, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give us a good four star.
1: All right. One good good to hear good to hear because as i said it's something uh, like there's something about tv shows set in the batman universe that i i don't like <laughs> like there was the was, there was tv show batwoman as well and there was uh, i Did saw arrow
2: it's Arrow linked into that well arrow isn't no. necessarily
1: the batman universe no A- arrow okay. is dc but it isn't the batman it's its own kind of thing so yeah so sean you're yeah. gonna say yeah i was gonna say actually um on about that, I know we're talking
0: about The Joker. I must have watched that about four times now. It's on Sky <laughs> at the moment and it just gets better and better and better and better. That's probably going to be one of my top films of all time, I think. It's just brilliant. Oh, okay. anyway, go, but let's go back to the Gotham thing. Yeah, um, to me, this this is a whole totally different universe to, to anything else. So, you know, it's. Um, it's okay. and, and I really like the take on it. I really, really do like the take on it as well because it's. You know they they haven't really got. Although the fourth series, there's one that's got sort of superpowers, but they're not really really superpowers of stuff. Well. They're they're more just characters. Do you know what I mean? They haven't yeah. got. They they they're either they, really they have, really clever or they got a lot of muscle or they got. Yeah. But there's no.
1: They, in they, the way of things. I, I I totally understand. They didn't have the budget for superpowers, so they. <laughs> all Can right just, yeah, yeah yes go ahead short short yeah. yeah
0: i was gonna say obviously totally off at a tangent again but i was thinking about was it called bridgerton that sharon was
1: talking about the yes. racist thing yeah.
0: did any of you watch black narcissus oh you I mean the, 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 do you I've mean the original the or the
1: or the one that's currently on tv at the moment no,
0: currently one this on tv so i won't say nothing then we'll do that we'll save that until you've watched it then sharon all right
2: i've recorded i wanted to record it so i could watch them all watch the um, whole lot yeah prob- watch them a whole lot. So Okay,
0: okay. We'll, all right. In that we'll case that, we'll do that another time. Okay,
1: yeah. in that case, Black Narcissus will do that first show of twenty twenty one. I will get I'll get mm-hmm. Black Narcissus on. <laughs> I, I I will go watch that as well then then so we can have a proper ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the original closing? Have you seen the original? I haven't seen the original. I know it's Powell and Pressburger and all that, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. No, is it? Yeah it is Powell and Pressburger yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah check yeah, that one out as well colors. if you can if you do i mean you may not have time but if you do get a chance to check that one as well oh contrast I- and compare contrast and
1: compare i found a, it's a, oh okay sean you're infecting me i'm going off on a tangent i found so i i recently got this thing called a google chromecast with google tv that where you oh, can wow. attach to your tv and it turns your tv if it was into a smart tv essentially through mm-hmm. your hdmi thing okay yeah and it has all these different apps on it because it's like a, and there's an app called Old Movies. I think you can download it on the Android app store. And essentially Sean, I think you would love this because it says Old Movies. You click on there and it just has all these films from like the 50s, 60s, 40s or and you can just click wow. on it and it will just play for free. I think wow. it, I think it finds them on YouTube and it just sort of plays them for free, but it's uh, but anyway, never mind. Maybe maybe they'll okay. have Black Narcissus on it so I'll find out. But final thing, let's go on to the thing that Sharon hates animation so okay this is the final thing it is it's a Pixar's movie, which I believe was going to be their Christmas offering, but obviously Covid no cinemas, so they just released it on disney plus and it is it's one of these things. It's a bit like how with Disney. Disney had Mulan, which was going to be released earlier this year, and for them, that was going to be the the way they had Black Panther and for. And I, I think I always, have to, I always have to qualify these things and say for a black American representation point of view, that was huge. And I feel like um, Mulan was going to be their thing that from an Asian American, like a Southeast Asian American point of view, that was going to be huge and it got taken away. And Pixar have released Soul, which is the first black main character in a Pixar movie. And it's and but obviously, they didn't get to go into the cinema, and this is all. And you can tell that they put a lot of effort into making sure that they got this right. If you look at the end of the film, we're looking at all the advisors, and they have all these people that are known for being black like they have Ryan Kugler, who directed Black Panther, they have Kenya Barris, who does the TV show Blackish, in there to make sure that they get this world right. And it's all about Jamie Foxx playing a character who, for his whole life, has wanted to be a jazz musician. He's, his whole thing has been he's going to be a jazz musician and he's been trying to he's been trying to make it big, like get a break. And you don't when you meet him, the film starts off with him as a substitute teacher trying to teach an orchestra in a school. And so he's he's trying to sort of like conduct this orchestra in a school. And, it, and as you go on, you find out that this guy has never got his break or something's happened. And he's always messed up his break. Then he eventually gets another break. He goes, he auditions for like a jazz musician. And he gets he gets the job. He gets the job. But on his way home, he's so excited about, about, I've got this job, I've got this job. He doesn't look where he's going, and he falls down a manhole. Oh, so he falls down a manhole, and the next thing you know is that you see this sort of, like, floaty little blue thing, which is his soul, which is essentially saying, oh, that's it. And for a kid's film, it's kind of a dark beginning. You're dead. And, <laughs> and it's about his soul in this sort of afterlife area, where uh and he's going on to the great beyond like he's on this conveyor belt and he's like no no i've just got my break i've got to get back to earth and so much so that uh, and i think this is a kind of film that that storyline i think was around a lot in like the 80s in the 80s and the early 90s somebody dying and going i know there was a there's heaven can wait with warren Beatty. there was one called
2: uh is it always
1: oh yeah always the Steven spielberg one there's one with Albert Brooks and Meryl Streep, the first film I ever saw Meryl Streep in it. And I think it's, I said you can't take it with you or something like that, which is, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's that kind of, so it's all about him, this soul going, no, I can't do it. But in the world of this thing, they they pair people who've just died with souls who are not yet born. And so, and they sort mm. of mentor them and they sort of mentor the souls that are not yet born to sort of say, This is what you do these are all the different things that are going to make up your personality there is a there's a joke in there that is once again a total trump joke which i thought was actually quite funny and it's like uh about the the souls before they're born and they say once you get given your spark then you can go to earth and you can be born and it's all about him trying to get back to earth but at the same time trying to sort of teach this soul something and i think in the typical pixar way it goes into a sort of buddy movie kind of thing where I think Pixar tend to do that with a lot of their films. It ends up being a buddy movie, and then they go on a quest to try and get somewhere. And I feel like the storyline is quite straightforward. The closest thing that you could probably compare it to is Inside Out, which, Sharon, I know you hate animation, but watch Inside Out. <laughs> get over yourself. No, <laughs> get over yourself and watch Inside Out. And it's, um, and it's uh, Inside Out is better. Inside Out is better than Soul. But there are a lot of things that this has to say about, okay, what is it that makes us human? What is, what's actually the point of living? Because there's a soul who has been around for thousands of years without ever being born. And they've given this soul mentors like Abraham Lincoln, Mahatma Gandhi, Mother Teresa. And and the soul has made all of them tear their hair out because they're like, like, why would I want to go? Why would I want to be born? Everything you say about earth makes earth sound totally terrible. Why would I? (laughs) yeah and and it's and it plays with this whole thing about okay if earth is so terrible why would you want to live there and why would you still want to be a human why would you still want to go from being a soul to being a and i think it's it's really really well done i really really like it i think it does the whole pixar thing where there will be at least one moment that makes you go No, there's this just something about all right. It's, it's, it's uh. not don't, don't worry about it. And um yeah, so and I would give it uh although I would give it a three out of five. I really, really enjoyed it, really, really liked it. I feel like the storyline is a bit straightforward. It isn't top level Pixar because there's sometimes when you have a top level Pixar, you just think these guys are geniuses. I think with your inside out with your first three Toy Story movies, there's just things with Coco. Oh my god, Coco. And Soul isn't quite up to that level. But um, is I would it's not even up to the level of onward. I would say it's not even up to the level of onward. But I still oh, really okay. enjoy Soul and I'll give it a three out of five. Mm.
0: Okay.
1: So Ooh. that yeah, that's on Disney Plus. Duh. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> so I think that is everything that we have time for in 2020, the year that was. Woof, yep. it, it, well, nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a crazy year. What it was. It was a crazy year. I think we still have some remnants of 2020 that we're going to be dealing with in 2021. Um, don't know. Uh, we, well, well, as I said, we, we will just keep going and we're trying to figure out exactly what is going to happen in the next year yeah. as we go along and see. Maybe we'll see cinemas. Maybe we'll see um, the same cinema chains that were there beforehand. Maybe we won't see them. Maybe we will never see some of these films that Sharon, you said you were waiting for maybe they will never see the light of day because god knows what's going to happen between now and release dates but anyway until then from netflix versus cinema it's a goodbye from me
2: it's a happy new year and goodbye from me
0: yeah man it's a goodbye and a happy new year everybody from me let's hope the next one's
1: better eh? right yeah yeah oh yeah happy new year forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) all right cool thanks guys